Welcome to the Mental Health Mukbang, where we make mental health easily digestible. My name is Jenny Wang, and I am a clinical psychologist from Houston, Texas. And today I have um, grilled pork banh mi from ah. Roostar here Ooh. in Houston. Wow. Cool. I guess I'll go next. I'm Jeannie Chang, an LMFT in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm eating this Mandarin orange chicken from Trader Joe's. It doesn't look appetizing right now. With Korean rice and sriracha, because I like things spicy. And I had no vegetables. That's what I'm eating. There's nothing wrong with just carbs and meat. Always <laughs> a good combination. Uh, and I'm Christopher Vell. I'm an LMFT based out of Houston, Texas as well. Uh, today, I've just got something healthy, just nuts and dried berries. This COVID stuff has uh, definitely had me put on some pounds, so I'm trying to be healthy today. <laughs> Dude, okay. Um, my name is Jed Chun. I am a therapist based out of Los Angeles, California. And um, unlike everybody else who's trying to be like okay-ish, I have um, have a <laughs> sausage egg McMuffin and hash browns. So nice. who cares? You know, self care, self care. We're gonna we're gonna do what we need to do to feel okay. You know, and. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about self care, mm -hmm. and sometimes you just need a sausage egg McMuffin to get you going in the morning. So that's where oh. we're at in this COVID season. And McDonald's fries. Now you're making me realize, mm -hmm. oh, I have not had McDonald's fries in a while. Mm -hmm. Our fries are so good. Uh huh. You want to know a life hack? If you ever make spam musubis, a McDonald's mm -hmm. hash brown is the same size as musubi, so you can replace the rice. Is it? If you really hate your body. <laughs> is it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, <laughs> so self care. I'll start off with a question for for you guys. How would we explain self care? What is self care? Mm, for me, self care has to be a conscientious decision. Like you have to set time and space for it. And it has to be something that you do that impacts you positively, right? And I think people get confused sometimes with the definition of self-care because it's too often, um, it's, they only look at it as like getaway activities, right? But self-care can encompass a lot more than that. And I think I mean, like, uh -oh the marketing capitalism world has kind of co-opted it to be this like marketing tool to buy these bath soaps or whatever and get massages and get your nails done and those certainly can be examples of self-care for people sure um but then so are really unsexy things like meal planning and not taking on too many patients because you're yeah. overloaded and you're tired right and things that um protect your energy um, or even preparing yourself, right, for the week and all that's coming. And so you decide not to go out and see people, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think self-care for me sometimes is more like with boundaries we just talked about, right? Is having those healthy boundaries so that I can actually show up the way I want to. I love that. Yeah. I think contrary to what I'm doing right now, and uh, feeding myself crap. It doesn't have to be like 
something that is, I guess, if I were if I were to like present self care to my client, right, from a psychoeducational point of view, self care is more so like Chris said, it's like a mindful, conscious decision to do something that is going to make you feel or make you more prepared, as Jenny said, to handle the the things that life is going to throw at you like the things that you know that life is going to or yeah. to make sense of the things that life has thrown at you right and for a lot of people um i think yeah especially like jenny said like nowadays self-care is all these like you got to go do something you got to go like travel the world you got to go like hiking you got to go buy bath soaps you got to go like do all these things buy all these things to take care of yourself you have to download this app and whatever and like do whatever you know honestly self-care sometimes looks like taking a nap in the middle of the day because you just need energy to function and yeah like it doesn't have to be the super complicated super like capitalistic super like consumer driven thing it literally is taking care of yourself by finding your mental health and that looks different for everybody. Um, yeah. So. I like that. <clears throat> you know, to piggyback on that, I think the way that a lot of people define self-care in their head is a guilty pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, something that you normally wouldn't do, which is why so often it's tied to, you know, the, something capitalistic or, you know, skirting your responsibilities or something like that, right? If you feel guilty about it in that manner, it's probably not great self-care, right? Because that guilt is going to take away from the enjoyment in the first place. And self-care also sometimes means that you still have to keep in mind your end goal, right? Uh, self-care doesn't mean putting yourself in debt in order to enjoy something very temporarily and then, you know, deal with the repercussions later. That's not what that necessarily means. You know, just like you guys have said, you know, budgeting can be self-care you know going to the doctor and getting a physical can be self-care exercise can be self-care taking a nap can be self-care don't let anyone else def define what self-care is for you but really think about what it is that you need right now i was about to take a bite and, and explain something so maybe i'll wait to take a bite <laughs> i was gonna say yeah i like to say to, to people self-care is living your life on a daily basis the way you want so you don't feel like you need to like escape your life you know because your life is going to be there things are always change happens work is always there so don't plan these great vacations a great part of self-care that's actually very much needed but i find a lot of people going if only i did this or i'm going to go on vacation and i feel like that'll take me away but i'm like hey vacation's just supposed to enhance your life why not make it like every day what you do not feel like a vacation but do something or something purposeful or whatever that is a habit you know something mm -hmm. that you're going to really instill that that vacation just adds value but it's not about the only value um because i see that with a lot of professionals and i don't know about you guys but you guys who work with parents i've had parents say to me very irritatingly i don't have time for self-care so that's why i feel like it's also misunderstood you know a little bit i'm like let me explain self-care i like to say is also family care it's the word self is in there. So I think that's the misconception. Yeah. I go, it does not, it's not about you going and saying, kids, you're on your own. I'm going to go upstairs and watch Netflix. 
it can look like that, but it's not that. It's not only that. So I, I, I do advocate it for a lot with specifically with parents who will say things like that, right? And sure. I go, hey, self-care is even quality time with your kids. So mm -hmm. you're not as irritated with them. Maybe you're not connecting with them. So sit down and maybe sit down for 30 minutes. Just ask your son about Fortnite, which I'll do occasionally, right? Yeah. To connect. And that could be great self-care for you because all of a sudden you just develop this um, connection with your son that maybe, or, or daughter who else plays Fortnite that, that you didn't have because you were fighting all week. So that's my example to a lot of parents. But yeah, I'll hear that from a lot of parents. They get irritated. I'm like, okay, that's not what I mean. Calm down. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have in interacted with that, but. Yeah. I mean, in the same vein, you know, I work with mostly couples, so self-care mm. can look either way, right? Sometimes if a couple's enmeshed, it can mean taking some time away from the relationship, doing something independent. Um, but also sometimes it's recognizing in the relationship and creating that date night to take care of the relationship, right? And I tell my couples, because I hear that same sentence all the time of, we don't have time for date night, right? Because we're doing all these different things. Again, don't let anyone else dictate and define what date night looks to you, right? We have these visions of it has to be a, you know, a hotel or a vacation or a fancy dinner or any of these things. It can be a, a, a five minute you know, massage. It can be a 10 minute bath together. It can be all these different things. But what is it that lets you disconnect and you know, be mindful and awesome. add balance to your life? Let's I love talk going about to Costco. Oh, sorry. You go to Costco. <laughs> oh, that's my date. I'm like, honey, I love it. Costco. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I, I want to pose a question to y'all. How do you think our Asian culture interfaces with how we feel about the idea of self-care? Because I think Jeannie brings up a good point in that a lot of the clients I work with are moms. And so they feel guilt, right, for putting themselves first for a little bit. And so how do you think our culture may inform how we make that happen or don't make that happen? You'll have time when you're retired. <laughs> or, or I think as my parents have, I would see, if I see it manifest in my parents, I feel like their uh, attention is all on the kids, right? Uh, that typical immigrant family, all attention, not even on the marriage. You know, so I've seen some discord and you see a lot of things going on there. And then you see it all on the kids, which is why I also felt maybe pressure because it's all about us and not about the parents. Um, so I don't think self-care is really a term that they, I was just trying to think of the Korean term, or I don't know if you can even interpret it in Korean. They, they right. don't, there's no word as self care. You know, I think it's maybe care for kids or look at the elder care. Um, mm -hmm. So because of that, I think our parents don't know that concept. And I see that even now when my mom doesn't even know how to rest. I'm yep. like, you're coming to visit the kids, but I'll actually be a little bit frustrated because she's so busy cooking that I'm like, ah, oh, the kids are hanging out in the family room. And she's like, I know, but I'm going to give you 50 frozen foods. And I'm like, okay, but self-care to me is also her always missing the kids. So she ends up being this pattern of, I miss the kids. I don't see them. And I'm like, because you're, you're not even, you know, you're not able to be present yeah. and engaged. So I just know that I, it's like me trying to tell her, just sit and I'll do it, even though I can't really do all the stuff that she does in the kitchen. But yeah, something like, obviously it's, it's foreign to them. That's my understanding. Yeah. I just had a discussion about this last night about the, the parallels of like the Protestant ideals and Asian culture of, Productivity is how you gain worth, 
right? And so many parents, Asian parents, uh, I've heard say, you know, you'll have time to have fun after you've graduated school, and then you've gotten a job, and then you've gotten kids, and then you've retired, and then you don't have time to enjoy any of those things anymore, right? But I see a lot of that first generation um, just hoard wealth and not really spend it, right? I know some who don't have kids, so I'm, where does it go at that point, right? What, what is the purpose of hoarding it at that point? But it's, that's where they get all their self-worth from. So like you said, they don't understand the concept of, you know, consistent and constant self-care. Once again, I will be the contrarian. <laughs> um, Go for it. I actually feel like the way that, I think for us, right? The way that we experience self-care versus the way that we observe what that looks like or the lack thereof in our parents or like the previous generation of immigrants, right? Is um, a little flawed in that um once again it's one of those cultural things that doesn't translate over very well right and i think uh when it comes down to it i think that there are aspects to self-care that we the way that we self see self-care right versus the way that um they might see it can be kind of different like let's take genie's example right of how her mom wants to be involved all the time, right? If her her anxiety comes from not knowing or being uncertain, right? Make going out of her way to feel better might look like buying all these frozen foods, buying like being there, being present, like asking questions about what they ate for dinner the night before, right? That helps her to feel like she's involved and that she cares and that that in that way she resolves that dissonance that she's feeling and for for her that might be self-care i might I'm, i might just be reading into it too much but that is a possibility right if we want to be make self-care this broad term this encompassing term that means resolving and dealing with some of our emotional struggle and um i know for a fact that for my parents like when I was growing up, like calling me whenever I was out too late was was taking care of their like for them. You could just pretend that I don't exist. Right. It's like he's gone. He's out there, whatever. Right. But for them, making sure that I'm alive was taking care of themselves because otherwise they'd be up all night just freaking out. Right. Like, where the heck is he going? What is he doing? Well, whatever. But having that um, knowledge helps them to feel like they can rest. And so if mm -hmm. I'm out, then. Like, I think I remember my mom sharing with me before. It's just like, yeah, like sometimes I stay up until you get home because I feel anxious until you like are physically back in the house when I was younger. And I was like, okay, right. <laughs> that makes sense. Now, I, back then I was just like, why just go to sleep? Like it doesn't matter. Right. And that's one of those differences where like the value and the worth for them comes from my safety and existence. And so taking care of themselves meant making sure that I was okay. Otherwise, they would be in a mental place that's just, woo. But that's, a, that's an alternative interpretation of what self-care might look like. 
I, mean, I would I'm not say that disagree. taking care of their anxiety, and I, but I also think that's very enmeshed, right? I don't think that's necessarily a healthy view of self-care. I think that's how they would view it, sure. But ideally, I don't think that's what I would ever prescribe to someone. Well, I mean, I think Jed's thinking, I, I'm assuming, Jed, you're thinking that it makes them happy when they, are, when they know you're safe. So that's their self-care. But I was going to say, self-care is also about your own worth and finding your own value. So why, I, sorry, mom, if you're watching this, um, why I see that as, as that pattern of unhealthy boundaries is when she feels like her worth is embedded in making us food. When honestly, my kids don't even have it. If she, she just brought home McDonald's, Egg McMuffins and hash browns, and then sat with them and watched the latest Netflix series that they're watching. I think that would make them very happy. Of course, that's making them happy, but self care, I think, for her is when she complains to me. I, I don't see them. Can I talk to them? Can I FaceTime? And I'm like, geez, you were just here for three weeks. So that's that's what I'm talking about. Just the, her her value or her own self worth just is so tied to doing for others. I think, like I said, I hear what you're saying, but I want to see her getting that fed um, to, you know, to feel like she doesn't need to prove that and she's present with the kids. I'm, I hopefully I'm making sense, but I'm saying I understand your point, but I also want them to, her to find her own value, you know, and your, and what, you know, impactful value for yourself. Speaking of enmeshment, I think uh -huh. Jenny posted something to Instagram the other day regarding <laughs> Enmeshment and what that looks like culturally. Yes. In Western psychology. Yes. And I think that's important to point out is that the post was um, a commentary on how it is unfair to use that term for Asians when culturally there are all these nuances that exist within Asian culture in which you may think it's enmeshment from the outside looking in, but I may not, right? If my parents come and my dad comes and fixes my fence because it's about to collapse and the hurricane is coming, some people would say, what the heck? Why are you having your dad do that? That's like, you're so enmeshed, right? You can't do that for yourself and hire somebody. Mm. But culturally and within our family dynamic, that is how he expresses love. And so that to me and how I perceive it is not enmeshment. So yeah, that is kind of the framework I was trying to kind of push is this idea that Western individualism is not the benchmark by which enmeshment is defined. Not, we don't all have to look like this independent, isolated, you know, autonomous person. And that doesn't mean that that is the only definition of health. So anyways, that's, that was, and that's what, I think that's what Jed was pointing out, right? So how, okay, well, let's get personal. How do you in, engage in self-care? What do you, what's important to you guys? What do you guys do on a daily basis? Let's share. Starting with whoever. Okay. I guess since, since, since this has been something that I've actually been thinking about recently, um, like. As therapists, I think so often people look at us and like they're the bastion of hope and self and like uh, and like um, what is it? They are the representative of everything that we strive to be because they have all of their stuff together, right? <laughs> um, and 
I guess, well, okay, it depends on what kind of therapist you are. But for the most part, that's what people look to us as, right? There's people who are going to help me try to figure things out because they have it figured out. And there are times where, even for me personally, like, I, I am not completely aware of what's going on. And sometimes you have to really take a step back and be mindful of what you're feeling and what's going on in order to kind of take care of yourself and to recognize that you need to take care of yourself. So for me, recently, I was doing some self-reflection and I realized I was getting like super restless. Um, as somebody who's fairly extroverted and really needs the energy of other people to function at times, um, I think I was getting by okay during quarantine for the most part, but I started to feel this kind of like restlessness and I felt just like I needed to go and like do something, but I also felt really tired and really drained because I just am not getting the amount of human interaction that is necessary for me to function. And so, um, so for me, what self-care looks like might be very different from someone, right? For other people, we talk about escaping. We talk about um, trying to find time for yourself and whatever. For me, I realized like, hey, for self-care, I need to be engaged with people. Like, I just need to be interacting with people, right? And so um, given that we're in a quarantine and um, we don't have a whole lot of options in terms of hanging out with people, um, I look to the internet. Right. Um, and so recently I took to um, I took to uh, a platform called Twitch and it's it's a it's a it's a it's a place where most people will know it for like stream live streaming people who play games. Right. Um, and so I found it super interesting um, as like kind of like. A social observation to realize that there are these microcosms of communities built around these individual people and not just like really famous people right but even just like people that are like people who are just on the internet streaming games or whatever it is that they're doing and just engaging with people i thought that was super interesting that you could find self-care in watching other people play games and interacting with them um and for me it's 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 super helpful because i need that energy from people and these people have that energy to give right um whether depending on whether they're expressive or whatever and the fact that they're interacting with you is actually like yeah it feels like hey like i feel at least moderately connected with some of these people um so for me that's that that is how i have been taking care of myself it's Interacting with strangers on the internet and playing games with my friends because I that's that's the that's kind of my baseline for functioning now that yeah, you're, you're an extrovert. You need that yeah, now that I can't go and physically hang out with people. And this is this is what I'm this is what I've come to recognize is that for me, self-care looks like agent and connection. Um, whereas other people are like, nah, dude, I'm going to sit home and read a book because I can't. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's my personal, personal sharing for this time. No, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say I represent the total opposite 
of you, <laughs> as you could probably suspect. Um, where, and part of it is I have young children, so I don't really get any alone time unless I'm working. Um, and so my self care is very much, you know, withdrawing, reading books, journaling, running. Um, and really, when I think about self care for myself, I define it as is it life giving or is it life draining? So if the behavior is something where I come out of it feeling refreshed, like I used to bust out of here and go to Target and just walk around for an hour by myself, right? Before COVID. And that was like my self-care. I would buy nothing or bananas, but it was just something where I could not, not have any responsibilities, not have to answer to little children or tyrants and, you know, like have that time for myself. And so for me, I have to exercise. I have to sleep well. Those are things that are like non-negotiable self-care. Um, and then connection too, though. I've noticed for me, like not being able to see friends or family regularly has taken a toll as well, even though I am introverted. Um, but yeah, so I always come back to like, do I feel like I have more to give after the activity or do I have less? And that's how I know it's self-care. You just maybe you just gave me a visual of like a, a like a like a meter like Jenny's meter <laughs> goes up, you know, or goes down. We should draw that. Um, so I'm an extrovert like Jed, so I like to connect too. But I'm also a mom, so I also relate to Jenny because sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, I need to leave my house. My favorite part, this is my self care, and actually it does make me more tired. But I have to wake up super early. The 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 calm before even sunrise, because I'm a morning person, I actually can be pretty alert at like four to 4.30 in the morning. Hence my morning talks with Jed, you know, like he's on Pacific time, right? And so I am pretty alert and I do some of my best thinking and some of my best work because people are, you know, kids are sleeping and, um, and then, and I feel like uh, if I don't have that, then I start the day in a rush, already a little irritated, because kids are back in school now, well, virtual school. So um, just to give, for me to give more, like Jenny said, I do need to have that time in the morning. But then again, then I can interact with all y'all all day long, but the morning has to start that way. And then I also have to do my morning walk, jog. I half jog now because I don't know, something's wrong with my knee, age, whatever. But I'm like, okay, let me just fast walk. But I also need that too. And I get my best ideas. You know, when you're listening and all of a sudden you're like, I gotta go home and do all this stuff. but. That's great. So I do need my alone time as extroverted as I am, or I can't give to other people. Oh, I have to have, have, say one more thing. You know, you know how else I take care of myself as extroverted as I am, because I can get caught up in this. I limit social media. Now, when I get on it, I'll get on it. Yeah. But I have to, because I'm so extroverted, the FOMO I feel, I'm going everybody's page and going, oh, they're in Montana. Oh, let me comment on this. Let me like, let me love, let me, you know, the caring emojis. Yeah, that just, I'll go through every emoji and then realize I didn't respond to somebody. I'm one of those that likes to respond or do something. That's too much for me. That just gets me stressed out. So as Jenny said, my my stress factor goes up if I'm on social media. Time to get off. Mm. Um. So yes, as an extrovert, I need to get off social media or limit mm. it. Sorry. Uh, I'm what's the term? Am ambivert? Is that, is that the term? Uh, where normally I am introverted, um, 
but people don't know that people think I'm an extrovert because of how I, uh, you know, just show myself out in public, but I only do that in very short bursts. Right. After that, even when I go on vacation with friends and things like that, I'll ha I need to have my own room. And, you know, one day I'm just going to lock myself up and just leave me alone. Right. Um, but for me, self-care is about balance. Uh, sometimes, like I talked about earlier, it is, you know, budgeting, planning my day, outlining things. So I am not stressed when push comes to shove. Sometimes it's exercise. And a lot of times it's tied to like escapism. I'm very, um, this is a job that can overtake your life if you're not careful with your boundaries. And I give a lot to my clients, uh, to my jobs, things like that. So if it takes me out completely, right? So things like fishing is a, a big thing that I do nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, just clears my mind completely. I'm not thinking about anything else at all. And that helps a lot. I like fishing too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Someday yeah. we will fish together. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. no, I've been wandering around a lot. The big problem now is that just recently uh, this year, my mm -hmm. body has become allergic to my own sweat. So mm -hmm. I get heat rash. So I just deal with it at this point. It's whatever. All right. So Pros and cons, right? So what you're saying is that in order for us to take care of ourselves, we should all hop on a boat, go to Baja, and uh, go fishing, right? Yeah. Because that sounds pretty good to me, too. Uh, we can record an episode while we're on the boat and waiting to catch some fish. <laughs> well, we should do it now. It's yeah. so cheap right now. I saw, uh, what is it? I saw a vacation package. It was like cheap. five or six <laughs> days, including flight, all inclusive to Cabo for like five or six hundred dollars. Oh, my God. Yeah. But Crazy. do you want to be in Mexico in COVID? I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. How about with um, relationships? Self-care. Like, you know how uh, I, I have to ask us sometimes, I, we're all relational, but I meant, do you feel like uh, you've had to put some boundaries on for your own self-care in limiting some of the toxicity of relationships, right? Every, there's some unhealthy interactions. I share this because in recent months i've had to do that right from things that and you know what and the person was not toxic i meant what happened was it was sucking me in someone needed my attention more and i felt bad you know that whole oh, okay let me be there fellow mom i understand after a while i wasn't giving to my own family and then i would just be like literally like a lump on the couch so how do you maintain your own self-care when it comes to people expect so much of you i guess we're kind of talking about this but this is a different angle of self-care right in reference to people how much do you give do you have a limit like oh it's six o'clock i'm not talking to anybody no i'm just you know curious i think it's the same same concept right being flexible with your boundaries at some point and firm when you know you need to be right for some people it is that for some people with very intensive jobs it is turning off the phone, like the work phone at a certain hour, no longer looking at their emails and things like that. Um, because I do see people get caught up in that, answering their emails and responding at 2 a.m. in the morning, right? Stop, stop doing that. It, the work will always be there, right? Um, with friendships, same thing too, you know? It's, it doesn't mean that I don't love you or care about you, but I do have to draw boundaries. I do have some friends who, I don't think purposefully do so, but may overstep sometimes. 
Um, and I just have to remain clear with them. Like, these are my personal boundaries, right? Uh, I'm one of those people, especially that like, I hate when people call me. I just don't like to talk on the phone because especially during these times during therapy, I'm always doing telehealth, right? So I just want to disconnect. If you need something, text so I can reply to you at on my terms, right? Mm. I still have some friends who, no matter what I do, will constantly call me, right? Wow, and I'll pick up the phone and say, hey, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I just wanted to. Okay. I'm Text. Bye. Click. <laughs> Note to self, do not call Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jeannie, you bring up a good point in like, you know, um, it, how do you know that you need to engage in self-care? Like, what are red flags that come up for y'all um, that kind of say, whoa, like you're hitting the red zone, right? And you need to start kind of refueling yourself again. Because we all have that, right? We all have seasons where situations don't allow us to do it consistently or Maybe we get injured, we can't exercise, and so it takes away one form of self-care. So how do you all know you're hitting that point? And then what do you then do, right, at that point when you are hitting that threshold? Great question. You start. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you asked the question. Um, I mean, I think for me, it's like irritability. I, the moment I start getting really irritable at things that no, normally don't bother me or are just less patient, um, I'm like, whoa, something's different, especially with my kids. You know, mm -hmm. if I like, like, stop bothering me, stop talking to me, you know? Um, and so irritability, I think for sure, is one of the red flags for me. Um, and anger, too. Like, I'm, I don't know if y'all do Enneagrams, but I'm like a type one Enneagram. And I didn't know that I was a type one until they said that your primary kind of like reaction is anger. And I was like, oh, that's me. Like I spend a lot of time angry um, if I'm feeling out of balance. And so that often is a sign for me too. Irritability, anger, really similar. Yeah, so what, clarify, what's number one, the Enneagram? And the Enneagram one is the like reformer or like the good person. So yeah. if you imagine, being more maybe type A and perfectionistic. I'm really trying to work on those things. I think that's yes. my second one. You know how we have like, I'm three. Okay. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, note to self, don't make Jenny mad. Okay, <laughs> don't call Chris and don't make Jenny mad so we can help each other with our self-care. I think I'm similar, but mine is actually, you might think it's funny, but mine is actually related to any behavior that I see as unhealthy, uh, to my husband, like if things come like actually when I'm good and I am have healthy boundaries and, and engaging in good self-care and taking care of myself, I find that I'm just a better wife first to my husband. For some reason, I, it's everything unleashed on my own husband. Sorry, mm -hmm. people are like, oh, Jeannie, not going to be married to Jeannie. But I, and I find myself irritated with even if he was like breathing, you know, I, I'm like, whoa. And or. Uh, snapping and just not wanting to engage. And, and so then, and, and that's very obvious to me because then there's tension. And of course, mm -hmm. being a family therapist, if there's tension between the parents, what do you think happens with the whole family? So mine's not so much directed at the kids. It tends to be directed to my husband that I'm like, okay, I'm, and mine usually has to do with, I struggle. And by the way, we should all share what, what's our biggest struggle with self-care. My main thing is because I'm so extroverted, like Jed, I'll tend to give a little bit more to people 
being the therapist friend. We should talk about that too, right? People are like, um, I have a question, Jeannie. Can we talk? And of course, I'd be like, sure. Can I talk at 10? That's when the kids go down. I'm like, sure. So 10 p.m., right? Then I give a little too much and not think about my own family and myself. And then things go downhill, right? And then I have nothing left to give. So mine would be that. What I do, what how I say things to my uh, my husband, it's almost like a mirror image. I'm like, oh, let me watch that. Yeah, irritability. I'm not so much angry as in more irritable. Not like I don't get angry, but um, I have a short temper. So I'll unleash and be fine in like five minutes. What about yeah, you guys? Fine. How about the how about the boys? Men, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's a really good measure is your emotions, right? That's uh, an exercise that I do a lot with my clients where I take a situation and I say, I scale it on a one to 10 in a vacuum. How much irritability, disrespect, anxiety should you be feeling about this specific event in a vacuum? How much are you actually feeling, right? So that difference that you're feeling could be either a lack of energy, lack of self-care, or a concept that I call the ghosts of the past, where past resentments and things are coming up for you. And just seeing how that really affects your day, right? Because there have definitely been times like I'm an ex-smoker and every and I've been on and off. And every time I quit, you know, there was that period of like three weeks into it where I would just snap at something that didn't make any sense. And my friends would be like, Are you quitting smoking? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's that's typically how i know about those things but also um, i've mentioned it before i've i honestly have immuno disorders so my body tells me when i am not practicing self-care and because of that that's where i struggle with self-care sometimes because i feel like i get frustrated that i need my body needs a little bit more relaxation than most people right to mm -hmm. kind of decompress and then I feel guilty about it because I need to be doing all these other things. And, you know, if I try to push it, my body just punishes me. It's just something I, I have to reconcile. I just have to accept that that's just what I have to do sometimes. And I have to make better use of my time. I think for me also, irritability is one of the factors. The lower my tolerance for generally means that probably not <clears throat> and that just usually means reacting like chris said like reacting more strongly to something that normally would not cause me to because uh i already have a pretty low threshold pretty high threshold for things to actually bother me so most of the time like people will like be like oh like how did why did that not bother you like I don't know. It just doesn't. And um, so when when things start to bother me, that's usually one of the key. Something is um, if I start to get irritable um, or the biggest one for me is when I start to disconnect with people, that's when like something is seriously up because that's normally how I um, how I want to kind of go about life, right? Being connected and that's something that to me so when when i start to distance myself or when i start to be unresponsive or when i start to just not engage that's usually a good sign that something is up with um something is up with my like i guess mental state or even for me like just self-care in general 
something is missing when Jed is irritable. Whatever reason. And I mean, like 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 Genie's as extroverted as I am, as much as I need energy from other people, like there are times where I need to just recluse and just not engage with anybody so I can actually be alone with my thoughts. Just so I can get things sorted again. And uh, that's that's usually how I know that something is I'm like, wow, Jed gets irritated? I know, right? <laughs> it does happen. It does happen. Cool. So I think we covered self-care. Do you think we cover self-care comprehensively, folks? Yeah. It's obviously something to be very mindful and intentional um, and something that I feel like, and one of the questions I like to ask clients, and we don't have to answer this, but it's like, what's one thing you do each day that matters to you? Um, which means I feel like, think about it and, and be very purposeful because we could go through a whole day and just be not mindful at all, you know, yeah. doing the motions autopilot. So yeah. maybe we talk about mindfulness next, but yeah, self-care sure. very important, especially during this time. Yeah. And remember, no one can define self-care for you, right? It can be short. It can be huge. It can be medium, right? But like you said, mindfulness is something that I prescribe to my clients. It's can be a five minute YouTube meditation and that's your self-care for the day. Yeah, I tell people it's not fancy, you know? So don't think it's like this glamorous thing. Just like you said about date nights, I love that example. It could be simply you and your husband doing a puzzle. Yeah. But you're in connecting. We don't do puzzles, but I'm just giving examples, you know? Um, yeah, so it doesn't have to be fancy. But So we're all going to go on a fishing trip together in the future. <laughs> The minute COVID lets up next summer. Next uh, next yeah. next week. <laughs> <laughs> next week would be nice, but I want to fish for trout. That was one of the things I've always wanted to do. Is I guess we have to go to the lake. Trout. I don't know. Yeah. Trout and flounder. I think trout. But you okay, need well, to... Huh? Never mind. I'm not a fishing expert. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me neither. And uh, by the way, I don't put the fish on the hooks. That would have to be Chris. I will. I will hold the rod. <laughs> Um, so that said, that wraps it up. Thanks for watching this episode on self-care and we'll see you next week. Yep. See y'all yeah. next week. Hopefully you made this digestible for you. Still digesting. I'm digesting.